Judges chapter 9 verse 1. And Abimelech the son of Jeroboam went to Shechem unto his mother's brethren, and spoke with them, and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Abimelech is the son of Gideon's concubine, not the son of one of his wives, which means he doesn't have the birthright, but he's gone over to his half-brothers of Gideon's house to try to strike up a deal with them. He wants the birthright, even though it isn't his. Two, speak, I pray you, in the ears of all the men of Shechem, which is better for you, that all the sons of Jeroboam, who are threescore and ten persons, rule over you, or that one rule over you. Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh. What Abimelech is saying is pretty crazy. He says, all of you guys are the sons of his wives, and there's 70 of you, and 70 of you can't rule. There can only be one ruler, so why don't you just pick me as your ruler? Since I'm the son of a concubine, I'll be the ruler instead. He's implying that they'll have to fight with each other unless they pick him as their ruler. 3. And his mother's brethren spoke of him in the ears of all the men of Shechem, all these words, and their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, He is our brother. The whole town agrees with Abimelech. Even though he shouldn't have any birthright, they're giving him the ruler of Shechem. Shechem is where the tabernacle is. And Shechem will come up in the Bible over and over because that's where Joshua pitched the tabernacle. And that's where the real ephod is. And the real high priest is there. Shechem is the headquarters of Israel until King David establishes Jerusalem as the headquarter. 4. And they gave him threescore and ten pieces of silver out of the house of Belbereth. He's taking money from pagan temple sacrifice and possibly temple prostitution. And he's taking the money from that. So that shows no character at all. He got 70 pieces of silver. Wherewith Abimelech hired vain and light fellows who followed him. He just hired yes men. They just do whatever they're told. 5. And he went unto his father's house at Ophrah and slew his brethren, the sons of Jeroboam, being threescore and ten persons upon one stone. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, was left, for he hid himself. 69 of his half-brothers he killed, and one of them fled for his life. He had lied to his brothers. He said, why don't you let me rule over you, and then you don't have to fight among each other. And they were stupid enough to agree with him. And then he came back and tried to kill all of them, but one escaped. 6. And all the men of Shechem assembled themselves together, and all Beth Milo, and went and made Abimelech king by the terebinth of the pillar that was in Shechem. They are crowning him king, but remember, God hasn't crowned him king. He isn't really king. The first official king is King Saul, and he'll come later. This is like a false crowning. 7. And when they told it to Jotham, he went and stood in the top of Mount Gerizim. Now that's the one brother who lived and fled, and lifted up his voice and cried and said unto them, Hearken unto me, ye men of Shechem, that God may hearken unto you. 8. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them, and they said unto the olive tree, Reign thou over us. So he's telling a parable. And in the Bible, a parable is a way of making a point. He's saying that they are all like trees, and they asked the olive tree to reign over them. The olive tree is Gideon, because remember, they asked Gideon to be their king, and he refused. 9. But the olive tree said unto them, Should I leave my fatness, seeing that by me they honor God and man, and go to hold sway over the trees? 10. And the trees said to the fig tree, Come thou and reign over us. 11. But the fig tree said unto them, Should I leave my sweetness and my good fruitage, and go to hold lay over the trees? The olive tree is most valuable, and it refused to be their leader. Then they went to the fig tree, second in line, and it refused to be their leader. 
12, And the trees said unto the vine, Come thou and reign over us. Now this is the grapevine. 13. And the vine said unto them, Should I leave my vine which cheereth God and man, and go to hold sway over the trees? 14. Then said all the trees unto the bramble, Come thou and reign over us. Now the bramble is just weeds. 15. And the bramble said unto the trees, If in truth ye anoint me king over you, then come and take refuge in my shadow. And if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Abimelech represents the bramble because he's somebody who has no right to be king. And he's saying, I will be your king or I'll destroy you. He's already killed 69 of his own brothers. That's pretty sick. 16. Now therefore, if ye have dealt truly and uprightly, in that ye have made Abimelech king, and if ye have dealt well with Jeroboam in his house, and have done unto him according to the deserving of his hands. 17. For my father fought for you, and adventured his life, and delivered you out of the hand of Midian. This is the one son who survived, and he's saying, they haven't done right, because they've given leadership to Bramble, which is just the son of a concubine. And that son killed all the better trees who actually had the birthright. And then he's pointing out that Gideon fought for Israel, and now Israel is really disrespecting Gideon's family by making the lowest person in his family king after that person slaughtered the rest of them. 18. And ye are risen up against my father's house this day, and have slain his sons, threescore and ten persons, upon one stone, and have made Abimelech, the son of his maidservant, king over the men of Shechem, because he is your brother. He's saying Abimelech's mother is from Shechem, which means the men of Shechem are related to Abimelech. 19. If ye then have dealt truly and uprightly with Jeroboam, who is Gideon, and with his house this day, then rejoice ye in Abimelech, and let him also rejoice in you. 20. But if not, let fire come out from Abimelech, and devour the men of Shechem, and Beth Milo, and let fire come out from the men of Shechem, and from Beth Milo, and devour Abimelech. He's speaking a curse, and he's saying, If God agrees with me that you guys have done evil by making Abimelech your ruler, who did evil to his own father and his own brothers, and didn't deserve any birthright, then let Abimelech destroy you, and let you destroy Abimelech. Let you all destroy each other. 21. And Jotham ran away, and fled, and went to Beer, and dwelt there, for fear of Abimelech his brother. There's an old saying, tell the truth and run. Because a lot of times when you tell the truth, people will want to kill you. So right after Jotham tells this curse, which is based in truth, he runs. Because he knows they aren't going to like to hear it. 22. And Abimelech was prince over Israel three years. His half-brother did remain prince for three years. 23. And God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. Here is God honoring Jotham's curse. And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. They turned on Abimelech the same way that they had turned on his family. 24. That the violence done to the threescore and ten sons of Jeroboam might come, and that their blood might be laid upon Abimelech his brother who slew them, and upon the men of Shechem who strengthened his hands to slay his brethren. 25. And the men of Shechem sent liars in wait, and that means they sent an ambush for him on the tops of the mountains, and they robbed all that came along that way by them. And it was told Abimelech. There's an ambush waiting for Abimelech to pass, but while they're waiting, they're so evil that they're robbing every innocent traveler who passes before Abimelech. 26. And Gal the son of Ebed came with his brethren and went on to Shechem, and the men of Shechem put their trust in him. There's somebody named Gal who they're now going to trust to fight for them. 
27, And they went out into the field and gathered their vineyards and trod the grapes and held festival and went into the house of their God and did eat and drink and cursed Abimelech. Now they hate Abimelech, who is the one who they pronounced king or prince. These are Israelites, by the way, and they're worshiping false gods. They're deep in sin, just as Abimelech is. 28. And Gaul the son of Eber said, Who is Abimelech, and who is Shechem, that we should serve him? Is not he the son of Jeroboam? And Zebel his officer, serve ye the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem? But why should we serve him? Gaul is just saying, Why do we have Abimelech as king in the first place? 29. And would that this people were under my hand, then would I remove Abimelech. And he said to Abimelech, Increase thine army and come out. Now Gaul is saying, I am going to conquer Abimelech. And he's telling Abimelech, come out and fight. You're going to lose. 30. And when Zebel, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gaul, the son of Ebed, his anger was kindled. 31. And he sent messengers unto Abimelech and Tormah, saying, Behold, Gaul, the son of Ebed, and his brethren are come to Shechem, and behold, they will incite the city against thee. Abimelech has a friend named Zebel, who's warning him that Gaul wants to kill him. 32. Now therefore, up by night, thou and the people that are with thee, and lie in wait in the field. Gaul has an ambush in the highway, and Zebul is telling Abimelech to set up an ambush in the field. 33. And it shall be that in the morning, as soon as the sun is up, thou shalt rise early and set upon the city, and behold, he and the people that are with him come out against thee. Then mayest thou do them as thou shalt be able. So he says, when morning comes, then you can attack the city. 34. And Abimelech rose up, and all the people that were with him by night, and they lay in wait against Shechem in four companies. They split up into four groups of a hundred, and they waited in the field at night time. They're just waiting for the sun to come up, and then they're going to charge the city. 35. And Gaul the son of Ebed came out and stood in the entrance of the gate of the city, and Abimelech rose up, and the people that were with him from the ambushment. When Gaul came out, he couldn't see the ambush, but once he was out in the open where he's a little bit vulnerable, then the ambush rose up from the grass. 36. And when Gaul saw the people, he said to Zebel, Behold, there come people down from the tops of the mountains. And Zebel said unto him, Thou seest the shadow of the mountains as if they were men. Zebel is lying. He's gaslighting. That's when you try to make somebody think that they're not seeing or hearing what they really are seeing or hearing. It's a mental manipulation technique. He said to Gaul, you're imagining things, it's just a shadow. 37, and Gaul spoke again and said, See, there come people down by the middle of the land, and one company cometh by the way of Elon, Mayanenim. 38, then said Zebul unto him, Where is now thy mouth that thou saidst, Who is Abimelech, that we should serve him? Is not this the people that thou hast despised? Go out now, I pray, and fight with them. Zebul is telling the truth, now that it's too late. For Gaul to be well prepared, he says, okay, go out and fight. This is the people who you said you could conquer, so go do it. But he's saying that sarcastically. 39, and Gaul went out before the men of Shechem and fought with Abimelech. 40, and Abimelech chased him and he fled before him and there fell many wounded even unto the entrance of the gate. Gaul is losing the battle. 41, and Abimelech dwelt at Aruma and Zebul drove out Gaul his brethren that they should not dwell in Shechem. Zebul was the friend of Abimelech, and he drove out Gaul, and Gaul lost that battle. So Abimelech is still being allowed to be the prince of Shechem. He hasn't lost control yet. 42. And it came to pass on the morrow that the people went out into the field, and it was told Abimelech. 
43 And he took the people and divided them into three companies and lay in wait in the field. And he looked, and behold, the people were coming forth out of the city, and he rose up against them and smote them. He's killing the city dwellers to take the whole city over. 44 And Abimelech and the companies that were with him rushed forward and stood in the entrance of the gate of the city, and the two companies rushed upon all that were in the field and smote them. He is now trying to take the city now that he beat Gaul away, but the city is fighting him even without Gaul being there. 45 And Abimelech fought against the city all that day, and he took the city and slew the people that were therein, and he beat down the city and sowed it with salt. He did win that battle as well. Sowing a city with salt is what you do to curse a city, to say that it will never be prosperous or fertile. Because the city fought against Abimelech, he was cursing it by doing that. 46 And when all the men of the tower of Shechem heard thereof, they entered into the hold of the house of Elbereth. 47 And it was told Abimelech that all the men of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. They're there for protection because the tower would protect them, because they know that Abimelech is against them, because they have been against Abimelech. 48 And Abimelech got him up to Mount Zalman, he and all the people that were with him. And Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down the bough from the trees and took it up and laid it on his shoulder. And he said unto the people that were with him, What ye have seen me do, make haste and do as I have done. He gets a the trunk of a tree on his shoulder and starts walking with it. And he tells the men, All, all the rest of you get a trunk and follow me. 49 And all the people likewise cut down every man his bow, and followed Abimelech, and put them to the hold, and set the hold on fire upon them, so that all the men of the tower of Shechem died also, about a thousand men and women. That's a huge tower, and there was a thousand people in it that were held up for protection. But him and the men with him laid all their bows around the bottom in a circle around the tower, and then they just lit the whole tower on fire. To me, it looks like Abimelech is also a judge of Israel. Even though he was kind of crowned wrongly, God is still using him to kill more Canaanites and more pagans, just like God used Gideon, even though Gideon's heart wasn't in the right place. And in the future, God is going to use Samson, even though Samson's heart is not in the right place. In the stories of the judges, just like the stories of the kings, some of these judges were very evil, just as some of the kings of Israel were very evil. But God used them anyway for his own glory to help the Israelites take over the land. Just because God uses you, that doesn't mean that you're going to heaven. This is sad because a lot of people who serve in the church, they think that they're saved because they serve in the church. But God will use anybody, including a woman, including a donkey, including somebody who isn't saved. Being servants of the Lord doesn't prove our salvation. The only way to know that we're saved is that we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have repented of our sins and we've put all of our faith 100% in Jesus. That's how we know that we're saved. When we walk in faith, we believe absolutely everything that God said. That includes believing him that we have to repent. God will use people who aren't his children for his own glory. That's why Jesus said in the parable in the New Testament, on Judgment Day, they'll say, but didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we perform signs and wonders, miracles in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you, you sinners, because they never repented. The fact that Gideon was a great warrior doesn't mean that he was saved, and I personally don't think he was, because he died practicing paganism. Samson also died in sin. 50. 
Then went Abimelech to Thebes and encamped against Thebes and took it. 51. But there was a strong tower within the city, and thither fled all the men and women, even all they of the city, and shut themselves in, and they got up to the roof of the tower. Here's another place where the pagans have run to a tower for protection. 52. And Abimelech came unto the tower and fought against it, and went close unto the door of the tower to burn it with fire. 53. And a certain woman cast an upper millstone upon Abimelech's head and broke his skull. A woman threw a huge rock down from the tower onto Abimelech's head, right when he was about ready to set that tower on fire. 54. Then he called hastily unto the young man his armor-bearer, and said unto him, Draw thy sword and kill me, that men say not of me a woman slew him. He knows he's dying, but he's still alive, and he's telling his caddy, basically, kill me now. I'd rather die at your hands than die at the hands of a woman. And his young man thrust him through and he died. The young man did what he was told and he killed Abimelech with a sword. 55. And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they departed every man unto his place. This is like sheep without a shepherd. They don't have a leader anymore. 56. Thus God requited the wickedness of Abimelech, which he did unto his father, in slaying his seventy brethren. But you'll notice that before God killed Abimelech and let him die in sin, he had used Abimelech to kill a bunch of pagans. 57. And all the wickedness of the men of Shechem did God requite upon their heads, and upon them came the curse of Jotham, the son of Jeroboam. Just as Jotham had cursed, he had said that you guys will destroy Abimelech and Abimelech will destroy you. So now the men of Shechem had also been destroyed. And that concludes Judges chapter 9.